Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. <laughs> you can't see it, but Tasha's doing a little happy dance. I'm doing a happy dance because this show for me is so calming to like be able to jump on and talk bravo and i feel like this was a really good week of episodes like across the board except maybe potomac but potomac we'll get to because i feel like the season's in need of a revamp um desperately but how are you how i mean neptune station direct this week did you feel anything how are you feeling yeah well i've told you i've been feeling like i'm in this neptunian haze for a few weeks and i like maybe that was me feeling it getting ready to station direct so um yeah i'm not really sure how i'm feeling now but like ask me in a week and uh i'll Uh, let you know (laughs) i guess that's fine Uh, um but yeah good content this week and it's we have our first like little flurries of the season so as much as I hate the cold I do love a beautiful flurry yeah it feels very Neptunian right like oh mystical winter wonderland like yes. yeah like you're in one of those little snow globes being shook shooken shaken shook <laughs> shook it I'm just kidding um but for folks listening you know because I did actually have a conversation with one of our followers in our dms you know it was like okay so what does this really mean like neptune stationing direct and yes if you follow us at the cosmic clubhouse you've noticed this week there have been a bunch of stories all of different flavors right like first you had like the diddy and gang rape accusation lawsuit um which literally the day neptune station direct which was like this past what tuesday wednesday so like vibes around tuesday wednesday were shifting into focus let's put it that way right um then you hear other stories i mean even on in bravo land with all the alcohol with all these substances on the shows for that night like all of this was very funny but neptune is basically the planet of as we said on the show well, actually not the planet of spirit and spirits, although it's very closely linked. It rules Pisces, which is the sign of spirit and spirits. But Neptune's really about like spirituality, transcendentalism. It's the inner world. It's mystical. It kind of rules the sort of outer realm, um, your higher self, like all of these things, high level of compassion. Um, and Neptune stationed retrograde on around June 30th. So basically the second half of this year, and last year, this is not an uncommon experience. Neptune does station retrograde every year. It kind of was an opportunity to go inward. You know, Neptune's also the planet of dreams. Um, Neptune and Pisces literally doubling down on dreams and inner vision and inspiration and creativity. So for a lot of us, myself included, that might have mean going inward with my idea incubation, maybe kind of taking a beat, not working as intensely, or maybe just even having, you know, a vision, a new vision starting to emerge, but you know, you're not necessarily sure what it is. There's a refinement to it. And then when nations, you know, when Neptune station direct this week, it's like, okay, I think I finally have some clarity on how I want to bring this vision to life and I can like go ahead and implement it. I think that's pretty, um, much in line with how I see it. Um, kind of like a haze and a confusion to more of a clarity. I just want to like reiterate what Tasha mentioned before. Neptune and all the generational planets, they are often retrograde. So like this isn't something uncommon. It just kind of is like there to help us, right? Like it helps us going from these inward to outward and these states of maybe um well, let's just put it this way. If we had clarity all the time, if we knew what we were doing all the time, we'd really be kind of robotic, right? So it kind of mm-hmm. gives us this chance to um, have these human experiences of kind of existential crises. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah. to kind of be led astray a bit, which gets all part of the human experience, I think. Totally. I think these are also really important reminders. Everything, there is no coincidences because uh, this is consider this your official unofficial announcement. Like Mercury retrograde is happening next week. It's going down next week, 13th. So it's another period of 
rest, recalibration, like Neptune going inward is an opportunity for you to resync up with your beliefs. So again, you can move forward. Like we saw this week, who is it? Oh my gosh, Daddy Yankee, I think he like, you know, is switching his music creativity, which is very Neptunian Pisces things, his faith into literally going, I guess, dedicating the rest of his life to Christianity, which is a very Neptune and Pisces thing. Yeah. And I mean, even Andre 3000 just released that flute album and talking about how like he can't rap anymore because what does he want to say? And like, this is a more spiritual way of him to still connect to that creative part of himself and produce music, which is so intrinsic to who he is, but in a more aligned way with where he is now in his life. Totally. And of course, Neptune, you know, can also deal with water symbolism. It's very much, um, there is this sort of comfort with water, comfort with the sea. And it's an opportunity to reflect. It's an opportunity to kind of get revitalized, re-inspired. Um, and, you know, speaking of water this week, right? Salt Lake City, Meredith Marks, lack of a bathtub, as someone with Neptune on her moon. <laughs> Okay, yes, totally. Finally, these ladies get to leave the country. Like, congratulations. Yes, Yes, they get to go to water. Neptune stationing direct, literally, like. The Bermuda Triangle at that. (laughs) Which also, I think the Bermuda Triangle is so Piscean, so Neptunian, so this, like, confusion, this getting lost in something. Yeah, I mean, and, like, when I think about, um bermuda's triangle like i do think about neptune the god like the king of the underworld just being like no you're stuck here kind of the way hades is like no i've got your soul you're stuck here um being his little trident and making the decree uh but yeah this was a very i mean very piscean neptunian episode as you mentioned meredith and her bathtubs were a big theme but also meredith kind of mistakenly overdosing on mistakenly yeah in quotes mistakenly overdosing on sleeping pills mixing pills with alcohol um and then adding being on a flight to that like low high altitudes totally fuck with your hydration levels and alcohol and that really often don't mix and then you add pills in what a mess um yeah especially saturn's in pisces right dehydration is so real and water scarcity is so real and it's you know across the board it's hard to get water but hydration is key okay so what were your what were your initial thoughts with this trip to bermuda um i i was just honestly so taken by this whole bathtub thing because i know i would feel a way about it if i had articulated yes i am sick i'm not feeling well and it's not so much to say like I have to spell it out for you. It's you all know me. You all know me. And this is my shtick. And this is my thing. And even fucking Whitney had said, yes, "Yes, we need to get her a bathtub. Yes. And like, um, excuse me, like what actually happened? And then Lisa, like, if you wanted us to leave you, you should have said something. And it's like, you're supposed to be someone who she's very good friends with in theory in the past, right? Like they're rebuilding their relationship. And now it's, and it's like, if you are a close friend of Meredith, you would know the Neptune on moon is real. Bath, water, moon, comfort. It is like so intrinsically linked. Lisa is over Meredith. She yeah. does not like the shady kind of, Meredith has a Scorpio moon and it comes out a lot, you know, like she's always stirring the pot by dropping these little hints, but letting other people pick them up. It's like she doesn't want to get her hands dirty, but she wants to be controlling things from behind the scene. Um, And she also has a ton of Sagittarius placements, Sun, Jupiter, Mercury, all conjunct. They're squaring her Mars and Pisces. So it's yeah. like, 
it's just oh Meredith and so yeah to what I was saying from the beginning Lisa's over it and she's she's been saying that like I don't like how Meredith keeps saying these jabs she said it to Angie she said it to I think Monica Whitney she keeps saying it so I think yeah Lisa isn't before we saw her kind of like puppy dogging to Meredith where it's like oh Meredith like I want to be your little lap dog and now she's like seeing Meredith's true colors I think and doesn't Mm. like what she's seeing I think it's hilarious that Mars um in Pisces square with her all her sack placements her sun Jupiter Mercury like to me her standing up in the sprinter or the van or whatever for the integrity of the situation because her bath time and her comfort was threatened she literally like was fighting for her peace over a bath like literally to me emblematic of that score to a t but i agree i think that uh, lisa is kind of having an interesting time on the show this season i mean between her relationship with whitney right now which lol whitney teaching her to be a better person (laughs) i'm i like actually don't know how to how to take it i feel like this is something that maybe got lost in translation that i don't know there's just what because heather has like venus and gemini right i think like she has a gemini placement that i feel like maybe there are certain words and understanding that is that's just not maybe getting communicated um clearly but this is resulting in what i think is an incredibly hilarious little spat like oh my gosh yeah so whitney's moon in gemini is squaring jupiter in pisces again pisces ruled by neptune being very much about religion and like spirituality and so squaring whitney's mm-hmm. moon like a gemini moon all about like gossip a yenta it's not necessarily it's not necessarily with a malicious intent but it's like you're just saying things that come to your mind um so like yeah i think that was one of those things that whitney said didn't even really think too much about but then that's gonna have a lot of repercussions because lisa's not gonna take that in any kind of positive way i mean with the sag and cap energy like you try to tell her you know what i mean like you are not the boss or you are not your own person in charge of your own destiny as like that would be really offensive um yeah, it's interesting that Jupiter and Pisces you highlighted as part of that square also trines her um, Whitney's Venus in Scorpio and Pluto in Scorpio. So it is like a weird power. There is an element of that power thing. I'm empowered by this. And here's the thing, like Whitney's mm-hmm. not necessarily viewing this as a bad thing. I'm not, obviously she's not viewing this as a bad thing, but in some way, like I don't even think I mean, sure, maybe she has like some sort of spirituality superiority complex, but I also think there is an element of, because there is this Venus and Pluto and, you know, situation together, it's like, let me help transform you. Like, I do want to, but it's just coming out and being articulated in the most glib way possible, which Chiron on Whitney's moon, I think is also something like there is a wound around how she communicates, right? And also her there's a rage around how she communicates with her Lilith there so like there's just a lot to do with Whitney's communication versus intent and I think that gets in the way a lot and then add that kind of people pleasing tendency coming from the Libra placements it's like she kind of fluctuates back and forth between that Aries north node of like I'm gonna stay strong with what I believe in versus like, let me kind of just try to keep the peace and like smooth things over. Um, But to go back to Meredith started really quick. I feel like when we see Meredith kind of like get to this state of, I don't even know what the right adjective for it is, but it's like when she mixes alcohol in, like the rumors and the nastiness and like, oh, that little meddling that she does, that um, that uh, yeah. Scorpio moon tendency is that I was kind of like alluding to. But when we mix that in with those, the Sagittarius placements squaring Mars and Pisces, 
Mm-hmm. Me, that's just giving, getting drunk, Mars and Pisces, and then kind of like spewing these things that are yeah. deep, hurtful, like with that moon, uh, your perspective of being superior with those Sagittarius placements, but it comes out when she's kind of lost control. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. that Scorpio moon, I feel like would be much more kind of mm-hmm. scenes and like stealth about what it's doing. Oh, absolutely i think we see it a lot right like she's very good at being like well i actually never said that and then you know then people have that realization oh shit she actually never said that but she just insinuated it you know so there is this moment of like i'm kind of left hanging out to dry it is very tactful but you're right when there is alcohol and we've discussed this on the show before it is neptune on the moon like hello you at it's almost like you know lighting a gas like lighting gas on fire or something right it's like sure there is she has the arsenal maybe in there and she knows the secrets and the rumors but then that neptune the alcohol is like this lubricant that is very martial and is weaponized you know a very martial word um so that trine that mars moon trine you know it's very close and also that Neptune opposes Saturn and Sagittarius, I mean, Saturn and Gemini. Mm -hmm. So Saturn and Gemini, again, you know, lessons around communication, lessons around listening, lessons and boundaries around what to say and what not to say, especially in the context of Neptune and Sag, your definition and your belief of what the truth can be and blur boundaries, right? So her chart to me really makes a lot of sense. Um, I still wish we knew what her rising is, um, but yeah but that's for another day. Um, what was interesting actually with Whitney, I we've seen recently a whole lot of like dynamic duo energy pop through. Like, you know, we've known that Lindsay, um, and it's funny because it's like not on her own show. I actually can see Whitney being a much better participant on Summer House, even though Whitney has her role on Salt Lake City. I actually can see her make the switch. Um, especially like fun Whitney when she wouldn't have to worry about her kids or anything and like can let loose and they're basically very similar in age and they have so her meaning Lindsay and Whitney but what do you yeah. think of this bro? They were born very close to each other Whitney was born in September and Lindsay was born in August of the same year so they do have a lot of similar placements because of that um but what stands out to me first and foremost is that Whitney's son is conjunct Lindsay's Venus so they have this you know nice in Libra yes in Libra exactly so this like oh let's go out let's have fun let's be flirtatious we'll kiss each other it's okay like we're just friends it's all in good fun um light airy yeah what what would you say we know that Whitney is a Leo rising so that means that um Lindsay's Venus and Libra venusifies that Libra and Sun in Whitney's third house of communication of you know socializing like if I were to see you know someone with a packed third house I'd be like you'd probably be a very social person or a very communicative person but like there has to be a lot of stimulus like intellectual exchange because it is a very Gemini house um to that degree and as such things move at a rapid pace so like yes there's a lot of fun there's a lot of maybe like short-term very cute moments um you know so I think it's really I think it's really really cute what I also love is that not only is there this sort of Libran like Let's just have fun because, you know, me, I'm a Scorpio rising. I like my depth. Um, you also have Whitney with a Venus in Scorpio and you have Lindsay with the Scorpio moon. Like that's also a really beautiful synastry around trust. And literally we get each other. Like I know how you're feeling and I got your back. So there is this natural comfort. Um, and Lindsay is actually, you know, that is in Whitney's fourth house of home and family. So there is this natural comfort. Like, I think there is this very sisterly vibe between the both of them from a sinistry perspective. And who knows? They probably might could have been, you know, they actually also have, um, well, actually, I'll leave it at that. But they, because they're born very close, they have the conjunct nodes, right? And not to say everyone you have a conjunction with the nodes, you know, is someone you've had sinistry and karma with, but 
based on this Venus connection as well. Like, it's very plausible. I forgot that we know both of their risings and we can look at mm-hmm. the So you mentioned that that conjunction in Libra was in Lindsay's third house. Well, it's in, uh, sorry, Whitney's third house. It's in Lindsay's seventh house of one-on-one relationships. So again, it's just kind of further emphasizing that connection. And then when we look at those um, Scorpio placements that you were talking about, Again, mm-hmm. that falls in, you mentioned Whitney's fourth, but it's in Lindsay's eighth house of merging. And so yeah. like you see, especially with Scorpio in the eighth, with the moon, with Venus, this like, this bond, this really strong bond that mm-hmm. that those personal planets kind of hold to each other. And then to have the general generational planets in, you know, the same placements, of course, because they're a month apart, it just kind of like, is a neat little bow to kind of tie things up and solidify that bond. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um I think it's also really lovely that, you know, Whitney with her Gemini moon and she has Chiron and Gemini too, but Lindsay as such having that Chiron and Gemini, there's like an also really beautiful healing relationship here. Um yeah, this is really, really lovely synastry, honestly. Like not to say again one synastry is better than the other, but this is just off the bat, like we vibe and this vibe's like a really great connection that can develop into something more. Like it's not that difficult to get this match going or fire going. Um, one thing I'll say with that eighth house that you highlighted, um, eighth house is also about like sexuality. So yeah, like of course we'd see a kiss like pop up too, you know? Especially like Scorpio, such a sexy place yeah. or sign. Yeah, they definitely find each other attractive for sure. Yes. And I think they see a lot of themselves in the other with so many of these things, like even that, like, especially kind of that Chiron and Gemini that you highlight. And again, as you said, with the nodes, like not everyone with Chiron's conjunct are going to have this kind of connection, but they both feel, I think the other one's wound both in that way, but also in the familial, um, hurt that they've both had Lindsay with her mother um Whitney with the church and her dad and all these other things um again going back to Scorpio in that eighth and fourth house for them um so I think like between their traumas as well as the highlights and the fun and the you know the Libran and the jovial things of that they share like they have that pain and shared hurt as well and so they they have kind of both sides of the spectrum so it's not just a party friend or not just that person that you have deep conversations with but it can kind of span the gamut of it all yeah it's it's interesting because you know we also have um that libra sun whitney's libra sun on top of Lindsay's, you know series in Libra that's conjunct that Venus we talked about and Ceres is an interesting you know asteroid and it's so much about like the rhythms of your mothering um and so I do think when you talk about familiarity and comfort you know like I think there is this sense of nurturing and comfort or there's like this really like pre-established relationship that Lindsay's this is what she wants this is how she conducts the rhythms of her life based on how she was you know raised and so Whitney illuminates that Whitney kind of charges that Whitney kind of you know creates this beautiful warmth around that so yeah I really love their relationship um oh I just noticed that they also have Mars and Capricorn but um Lindsay's is retrograde and Whitney's is direct so I think it's interesting because you you know Lindsay has such a reputation for being bombastic and has these like one-liners that cut and like they're amazing right it's why we love Lindsay because she brings that very cutting Mars and Capricorn when she's activated she will just drop a word like phrase bomb on you um and Whitney you don't see it as much you kind of see it like let me try to be tactical about it it is maybe not as going against the grain not as diplomatic and you kind of maybe see that with retrograde you know it doesn't have to necessarily be a quiet energy it just quite honestly means it's just a it's really a different way of doing things and it may be not people might not fully get it um but it makes sense to you and usually those are like 
trendsetters or people who just, again, go, go against the grain. But that Mars of Lindsay's is also sextiling her moon. So like her emotions are brought into it and scorpionic emotions at that. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying it's a good or bad thing. Just saying there's a reason why I personally like to watch Lindsay on my TV screen. Um, and I mean, make me a sandwich <laughs> is iconic. So please, I adore it. Um but anyway, moving on from this dynamic duo to a potential budding dynamic duo, although I'm actually not entirely sure if they're going to make it out after this week's episode <laughs> on Miami, uh, Alexia and Julia. Were you surprised at this whole interaction? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But it's giving um, Sharon Ty from Clueless, in my opinion. Mm. I think okay. like Alexia is kind of like, taking julia under her wing especially if it can pull someone away from adriana um Mm. uh, yeah i don't know that's just an intuitive thing but especially the whole thing about uh you know alexia not wanting to share a room with her because she's a lesbian gonna be hard for julia to get over (laughs) as it should be yeah i mean that was really interesting that did take me by surprise but i mean look alexia has mercury in taurus sun in taurus like taurus to me sometimes does scream more traditional you know and not to say that like they're not they can't be progressive or whatever but you know if you think about venus ruling over taurus and you want to socialize and you know there is a certain way of thinking or there's a certain path towards that what have you right so I kind of see this as being like because even the idea that she has to ask her husband for permission for like just even bottom line that was weird and then you add like everything about this was just really like uncomfortable but on some level I could also see like she just doesn't want to deal with this with Marisol and so she has to like deflect and put it on someone so she's you know Todd's going to be a natural response but at the same time it's just not coming out well yeah I don't know. maybe 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 um, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt but it's yeah pretty, pretty tough well, on the other hand like in terms of fun connection and friendship their Venuses are conjunct in Gemini so that's like a great mm-hmm. energy and it's just gonna, yeah, they have the time together. Exactly, exactly. And then um, Alexia's Jupiter is on Julia's um, Mercury Mars conjunction in Cancer. So again, mm. like gonna just be this shared bond, and it's opposing Julia's North. Oh, it's on her South Node as well. <laughs> yeah see that mars and jupiter mars mercury situation i mean that in cancer okay like that in of itself on jupiter can be a pretty stimulating you know because jupiter is a compounder right it's not necessarily linked to a good or a bad energy it just magnifies whatever it touches and so jupiter touching on that mars and mercury were choice um and cancer like wounding emotional wounding through word choice and stoking old type of fears from julia around maybe i don't know like being able to come out of her shell like you know with her group of friends type of energy like i can definitely see that getting completely maximized right now um based on that configuration totally i could also see that manifesting as connecting on like a traditional some traditional level you said Alexia was traditional and I think Julia is in a lot of ways too now of course she's not in a lot of ways but yeah um Julia holds this idea in of of like what a home a wife is and a Mm -hmm. mother and I think Alexia has those same values so I think like you know as we all know energies can go in different directions so I think this is just highlighting kind of two ways especially with um Julia's south node there as well like south node isn't 
always a bad thing. It's just kind of what's familiar and comfortable. So with Mm -hmm. Alexia's Jupiter being on this placement of what's familiar and comfortable, how you think and communicate and are stimulated mentally and how you're going to take action and like, well, or aggression. Um, I could see this also being like, kind of like a lovely feeling. Yeah. Ooh, I just noticed um, Julia's Chiron opposes Alexia's um, Mars. So Julia's Chiron in Aries, which means Julia is going through her Chiron return currently, um, is opposing Alexia's Mars in Libra. So again, there's another kind of like point of conflict around Julia being able to express herself, stand up for herself, be herself. Um, Mars and Libra and it's retrograde. So again, it can be maybe like values that don't go with where mainstream society is. And, you know, that in of itself is an interesting um, sentence to dissect, right? Because we're all in kind of like our bubbles. We're all surrounded by the communities that we're in. And so for me, my community is very, you know, progressive for the most part. And, um, I feel like to me, if I had heard that, that would have been more of a, ooh, that's interesting comment. And I would have found more issue. But again, you know, Mars and Chiron opposition, like that's that's pretty testy. Um, Very healing, but very testy. Uh, Can we just like take a moment to talk about what Julia did for Martina and this performance? Oh my god, literally tears. I love Julia so much. Like, I think that's the thing. I just, I'm so sad to see Julia, like, hurt, you know? And I, like, Bambi. I think while, I don't know if it, like, yes, it was a hurt, but I think it was more of an eye-opening. And, like, as you talked, you mentioned Mm -hmm. Chiron and Aries, like, Chiron is a chance to heal a wound. And I think right. like the fact that she immediately noticed it, she said something to Adriana and like yeah. feeling she's going to address it with Alexia. If anything, this just like was an opportunity for her to heal herself, to stand up for herself, to take that. Yeah. Stand. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know what happens next week. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think, I mean, it's interesting because she has um, Mercury on her south node, you know, and like Mars in the south node as well and Cancer. And Cancer is so much about like showing the people you love, like, you know, something, a memory and something that would evoke that memory as a love language too. And um, for her to perform even if it was off key, it was just so brilliant. And I like, yeah, like it definitely moved me and it clearly moved um, Martina to tears. So, you know, job well done to Julia and fuck cancer. My dad's yeah. birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, dad, lost him to cancer. So, you know, Julia's my girl. Yeah, happy birthday. Fuck cancer for sure. Um, and listeners we did do a julia martina sinistry in a past episode so i don't remember which one that was but that exists oh my god we did yeah i think it was, was like valentine's episode oh anyway, my god yeah we'll, maybe we'll note right. it in the stories well yeah we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah 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 but okay so on to another dynamic duo that may or may not make it over in beverly hills we have kyle and Anne marie's budding friendship what are your thoughts on this yeah kyle needs a new ally on the show you know what i'm saying like kyle is currently not doing so great with well everyone at dinner except for erica that was a lovely moment um between the both of them but her relationship with Amory, I mean, I think, look, the moment that Kyle said that Amory and her mom share a birthday, I was like, oh, what's this karma? This yeah. is interesting. Um, but, you know, as you've been listening over the past weeks, the show clearly, I have been obsessed with Kyle because we have, like, such good birth data for her. Um and you know she's going through her nodal, nodal return, i.e. she's stepping more into this Aries energy and it's hitting her Saturn in Aries. So for her to be like, I like Anne-Marie, you know, she's like strong and authoritative and has opinions. Like she is really 
kind of coming, or at least Amory being an Aries is someone Kyle is hoping to like energetically step more like into. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's good for her on that from that perspective. Um, but obviously, you know, understanding that there's a lot of controversy around Anne Marie and, you know, her beliefs and whatnot. But um, that's not necessarily what we're talking about here today. Yes. Um, okay. So I, I, I see Anne Marie as like, I mean, in last week's episode, we talked about Kyle. Yes. Like coming into her nodal return in Aries. Um, but also, sorry, <laughs> give me one second. I was, yeah. went to pull up their chart because I had taken a screenshot of all the charts we were going to look at before. And then while you're talking, I realized that I had done Anne-Marie and Kyle from Summer House, not Kyle. So um, I am obsessed, actually. I'm so obsessed with that. Also, classic, guys, this Mercury retro shade has been like quite potent. Mm-hmm. It really has just, yeah. So, you know, again, take a deep breath. If some shit goes wrong, maybe like it wasn't supposed to go right. And you're allowed to, things are allowed to be imperfect, you know? (laughs) Yes, I've been very imperfect the past week and I have not given a shit because I know, well, I can't help it. Um, Okay, yeah. So uh, we talked about last week how Kyle's having that nodal return in Aries. Um. And, but also how she's just like stepped into her own from a human design perspective in terms of like going after what she wants and things are going to fall into place. And one of that those things is like your friendships are going to change um, when you start having different habits in life and enjoying different things. You're going to start hanging out with different people. And I mean, even Dorit said on Watch What Happens Live that herself but also other people in Kyle's life have felt like now that Morgan Wade has come into her life she's spending less time with them and it's like I don't know I think like many of us have gone through a change where sometimes our old friendships just don't serve us in the same way that they used to and it doesn't mean that you can't be friends with those people anymore but it does often mean that they're not the people that you're going to and surrounding yourself with on a day-to-day basis yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean fundamentally like Kyle and Anne-Marie have really intimate sinistry um you know Anne-Marie kind of like fills up a lot of the arc of intimacy for Kyle like you know she has Jupiter in Kyle's fourth house she has Neptune Neptune in Kyle's fifth house she has potentially her moon um in her sixth or seventh house, like her Venus in her eighth house. I mean, those are really, you know, building blocks for intimacy and helping you humble yourself, rediscover yourself and like can produce really long lasting relationships. And so on top of that, you know, you have Mars, Saturn and Pluto, Mars on her south node. I mean, in the third, in Kyle's third, I mean, I do wonder if there was an element of a sister type of relationship. It kind of just seemed like it based on the way the other planets fall into the rest of the houses because it's not like they're even born literally around the same time right like they're literally they've got years on each other you know right. there's a bit of distance so and the fact that this if you think about it from Kyle's mom perspective also right the idea of that Venus in Pisces and again it, the placements could change but if we think of that Venus in Pisces potentially being that energy or Venus and Aries, like both of that so lovely for Kyle, you know, as again, someone help understanding her, being compassionate with her and helping like inspire her to like be herself eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So just like uh, Julia and Alexia had conjunct Venuses, Kyle and Anne-Marie also have those conjunct Venuses. It's just now in Pisces instead of in Gemini. And so like this is going to be more of a connection in a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. Um kind of a deeper way, which I think is what Kyle has been craving and looking for. And Anne-Marie has a Aquarius moon and it's potentially even conjunct Kyle's Mercury in Aquarius. So again, that's just like a really lovely kind of mental connection, being able to be different. It's falling in Kyle's seventh house um, of friendships. So yeah, I can see this really serving Kyle in many ways. Yeah, totally. Like, this is really interesting um, synastry. So, you know, we shall 
see what happens. Yeah, (laughs) we shall see what happens for sure. Um, But I just wanted to say, since, you know, I am currently partaking in a joint myself, the fact that Neptune Station Direct and then we see Sutton whip out a joint at this dinner table was incredible. Unclave. Amazing. But also, I mean, we can't talk about this dinner and not talk about Denise. Especially oh, my God. In a rating. Talk about Aquarius. Um, Denise was on another, another level. She is so Aquarian, though, like, m- really because the Aquarius is in her 10th house, right? So it's like yeah. this very public, how the public sees her, we're clearly the public. Um and yeah. she's got her son, her North Node, her Mercury there. So it's like we just see Denise in this like Denise is in the future. We're not there yet, which is actually funny when you think back to like Aaron and what the kind of work that he does. And it's like, what cool. do you do? It's like it's so beyond what we can comprehend. Actually, I should pull up her human design chart. Oh, OK, cool. Um, Well, I was going to say, too, I mean, when you talk about like visionary type of person, she also has Neptune and Jupiter in Sagittarius. And the fact that you brought Aaron up, that Neptune and Sagittarius is in her seventh house mm-hmm. of partnership. So like the fact that he has like these really strong spiritual beliefs and he like it's so visionary esque, right, regardless of how you view it. It's very like prophetic. It's very mystical. It's, you know, she's like that's so appealing to her that's in her seventh house to her that's like oh like halo auras like lights around it um and then they apparently like they have like a really great sex life right like erica reminded me like oh yeah the image of her and aaron having sex would be like up there porn wise like she does have mars and sat in her seventh house so yes like that would definitely be some amazing like sex energy as well for sure like mind-blowing mind-blowing I don't understand why if she's upset at um, Erica for the conversation that Erica had in front of her kids, why, how, why can't she just get that out? I don't know. I that mean, was weird. And why is no one else remembering that that happened and just being like, oh, is it because of this? <laughs> I feel like here's the thing. A lot happened that season around the way Rina treated. And that, so you don't know necessarily what she's talking about. So I, w- I do agree. Like, I would maybe be more specific, not because I don't know what I did, but I don't know what exactly I'm apologizing for because there was so many things that happened mm. that I took in. Because um, they kind of like, literally the moment Denise got on, yeah, I did feel like Rina and then, you know, Erica kind of sided with Rina at some point because they were tight, right? They are still tight, but it was really turning against Denise. I do vaguely remember the child thing being a big deal. Um, yeah, to her it was the threesome yeah that was a huge deal and I remember I remember being like I totally agree with Denise's perspective um however however obviously it's been a really interesting time you know this is the first time we've seen Denise um in a minute and last year this is something I was like actually kind of really excited to talk about so Denise joined OnlyFans last year like shortly after her daughter joined OnlyFans in support um and what was funny was I pulled up the chart I was like oh I'm curious to know like um maybe something happened around that point um hold on bear with me but if I remember correctly Uranus the planet of individuation shock off that was activating or had been activating um denise's saturn in taurus Mm. yes hold on taurus being a very sensual sign taurus having to do with your values and what you believe it's a fixed sign um money of course so totally can see how that relates to like standing up for her daughter in support of her like also being able to make some money sensuality using your body Taurus is also like very much about the body totally and she also at the time Venus was gonna be activating that Saturn I don't remember when exactly she got an OnlyFans I just pulled this for like June 7th like early in the month like when Uranus was directly on her Saturn and Venus is right there applying to it, you know, Venus again, embodying the sensuality, um, 
honoring the naked self in some way, you know, 12th house and it was going through her 12th house. Right. So, um, or first house looking at whole sign in her whole sign, you know, first house about the self. It's almost like a, her coming out, her honoring her body. And the thing is, she's making some really interesting progressive comments here, right. That are very, very Aquarian like, um, you know, basically like, you know, her daughter's on there because her daughter's basically doing bikinis and things like that. And it's no different than, you know, a bikini on Instagram. So why not capitalize for this? And that's Denise's Venus and Capricorn talking a little bit as well. Um, but, you know, Denise for herself is saying that, yeah, like there are literally topless pictures of me out there. So why not monetize what people have already seen? Okay, yes. But this is where it's like, a contradiction to me and you said that you supported Denise against like in the Erica and children situation mm-hmm. how are you going to be making money off of topless pictures of yourself which your children are at an age where their friends can easily be someone that's subscribing to that and seeing your naked body and yet Erica can't say she's had a threesome the children know what a threesome is. It's not like she was going into graphic detail or anything. It's like she just said it and was done with it. Or maybe it went, I don't really remember. But like that to me is like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, well, I did pull up her human design chart and um, she has an she has a lot of open centers and with open centers, you just have an inconsistency in energy and it kind of depends on who you're around and what you're doing and what kind of is going on in your life at the time. So I can see, especially with an open heart, which like your, your ego center, your willpower, what you believe, it kind of like fluctuates. And so like what she believes is right will kind of depend in any given situation. Look, when Uranus hits your Saturn, you know, there is a moment of like, oh my God, I've like suddenly been liberated. And I can see that also being a little contradictory because it's like, oh, well, now you're at this point, then it shouldn't matter. And so you shouldn't be this upset. But, you know, Denise also has a Scorpio moon and <laughs> she is very Taurian and because she's a Taurus rising as well as having a Saturn in Taurus like sometimes like she might have a hard time letting go um emotionally even though like she might be a little detached from it or she's like involved in this like I think just even there's just like a it brings her back to a bad place in that moment potentially I could see happening um but yeah, I mean, I, I I totally see your point. I just think that there is an awakening, especially because, you know, Uranus is ultimately has been during this time in Taurus squaring her Mercury, her North Node, or will be squaring her North Node, her Sun. So there is an awakening to herself. There is an awakening to how she thinks about things. And, you know, don't forget, like, I think Venus and Capricorn too, with those Aquarius placements, if you haven't had a moment of awakening or a stimulus in such a manner, like you might actually get kind of caught up in being a little more conservative um, just because she also has that South node in Leo in her fourth house, you know? Um, so there is an element of performative performance. And I think about this so much with her and Charlie Sheen and that marriage situation and like seeing that Mars and Jupiter and Neptune in the seventh house and like, you know, how much she like had to endure with that. I think there have been just, you know, this is kind of cultivating and or culminating in now. And everything is always revolved around her children, obviously, like this blow up around the children, her getting on OnlyFans because she wants to be in like support Sammy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you mentioned Leo is rules her fourth house and like the pride taking care of your family, like that being everything, especially Mm -hmm. with planets there it's just like a very pure energy of like support and love and care for the family like Mm -hmm. yeah um absolutely protection and protection so yeah yeah I mean I see it but I also don't see it on like a like a um rational level but okay that's fair fair. I mean what's interesting symbolism too right is like mercury and aquarius um another symbolism for children 
values, you know, like her, the way she thinks about her children. Um, and in the 10th house, having Saturn in your 10th house can be pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. Right. And that goes for Capricorn energy or that goes like, or like the ruler of that. Um, because Saturn, you know, can in the 10th house can invoke sort of like public criticism um, just because it is a traditional malefic. It kind of brings reality checks. And, you know, Saturn is a natural ruler of Aquarius. So this, you know, the more Denise leans into her weirdness, the better there'll be a receptivity. It's always when, you know, she's kind of halfway, like there's like backlash, but if she fully dives in and leans in, like ultimately there will be respect um, over the long term. Well, and that's interesting because she has a 5-1 profile and like looking at the five specifically, which both you and I have, um, mm -hmm. it's like this very much just a, you need to do what you want to do because everyone else is going to see you the way they want to see you. And it like, you can't live for what other people see you to be. So yeah, I can see how the more she leans into just her 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 kookiness like the 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 more in alignment she'll be yeah yeah absolutely so we're here for kooky denise let's go i mean yes. let's bring back the bottoms backwards jacket situation like oh my god that was <laughs> really entertaining um i could watch that scene over and over again incredible i mean I, can you imagine like dorit with all her um cancer placements like having this in conjunct energy with all her aquarius like energy you know it's just like this is irksome this is irritating like please stop you know there there can be that type of energy as well and you just see that with this hushed argument you know like quiet arguing it was so funny oh my god well it wasn't even arguing like dorit was trying to look out for her and be like your jackets like don't look like a crazy person i'm trying to help you out and i like truly think that totally like, totally yeah denise was looking, i mean not denise dorit was looking out dorit was looking out yeah that like i don't feel that that was shade at all she was like really trying to be discreet about it i mean they do have them, but <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 oh okay but like speaking of kooky um karen over in potomac with her her Karenisms uh, and the pie analogy. I just love, she was on Watch What Happens Live, Watch What Happens Live, and she goes, everyone knows I have a visual this year. It's like this year, this is going to be my visual, the pie. Oh my gosh. I mean, the pie was actually incredible. Also classic with her Taurus energy to have a visual around food is like amazing. On top of that, frozen. So like it's so Taurus-like to not want to throw relationships away. So we're just going to put them on ice and we're going to circle back when we've maybe calmed down like multiple months from now. Yes. And her Mercury at zero degrees Gemini. So just this very nascent um, energy of like, saying what comes to mind it not really making sense to anyone but you like you have like a such a clear understanding of yourself but not necessarily able to communicate to the outside world yes but you know excellent storyteller it makes sense why she has like her own show kind of like the countess you know um speaking of, i mean funny enough luenza taurus too right so um with gemini energy so yeah. oh you know like Countess and Tor uh, Karen, very similar in the fact that they both have like these cabaret type of, not cabaret, like variety type of shows, you know, like is Countess and Friends and Karen and something. I don't actually remember Karen's. Yeah. Well, it's like very hostess, entertain, um, you know, like make people feel warm, welcome, and also make yourself feel good by being the center of that attention. And the one that make it like getting a kick out of being the person that makes people feel good and being like laughing and stuff like that. Because at yeah. first Luann was like a bit of a joke, but she just stuck with it so much that it became kind of legit. Like, <laughs> yes, but. Honestly, aside from, I mean, Karen was 
such amazing humor this week, but on the flip side, you know, we did have like a really serious conversation between Mia and Robin, which, okay, I will say I missed all this like hate on Potomac at the moment. Like I did feel like this gave me more substance in an episode um, relative to the others so far this season. Yeah, but there's just something about Mia that seems so fake to me that she even mm. had me questioning whether this story was real and like, is there even someone that committed suicide? Like, mm. I'm not saying that she's lying. I'm not saying that she's lying. I just get such a vibe from her that it's like she's trying so hard to be someone. I feel like she's a con artist in some way. Like, um, but I, I guess I should look at my chart with hers and figure out what that's about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, you know, she's been known to make like bombastic statements. Like, was she the CEO? Was she not the CEO? Like, you know what I mean? Health issue that seems like even her mom and Gordon were like, "What? Why are you saying it this way? Because that's not what the doctor said." Like, yeah, and I, I understand, I understand why there would be some skepticism, you know, but I think that when it cut, like. I don't know. I guess because she like talked about this in therapy and it seemed to me to be really a real thing of concern with Gordon. Like that to me seemed so real. And I don't know, maybe, and usually I don't necessarily get that vibe um, from Mia. And, you know, she has Mercury conjunct her Neptune, you know, and so sometimes again, like it might be hard to believe her words, but it doesn't necessarily mean there can't be like occasional specks of truth, you know, um, coming through. So yeah, there, it was definitely like, um, literally I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, wait, this happened to Robin as they were in therapy. And then of course I'm like, oh my God, they're talking about this. So I was like, holy shit. Did, you know, I haven't necessarily looked at Robin's chart yet, but have you, did you see anything that might suggest like, oh, there could be like similar karma here? Cause that's like soup specific, right? Robin has her Chiron in Taurus. So mm -hmm. that kind of explains that to me that can often be associated with like your stability, your finances, your security being ripped out from under you and having to recover from that, um, or even just having a fear that that might happen, even if it seems like, why would I have this fear? Yeah. With me, yeah. I think because we don't know her rising, it makes it a little harder for me to like, yeah, I don't know. What do you like? There is that conjunction she has in Capricorn, the moon, Jupiter, Venus conjunction in Capricorn, like depending on where that is, maybe that comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I think for starters, I feel like the Mercury Neptune conjunction I was talking about with Mia kind of lends an energetic um, similarity to um robin's mercury pisces retrograde like the fact that that neptune and mercury is out of sign kind of maybe gives it this additional tension to the conjunction and you know with the mercury retrograde it's like oh something that's like difficult to understand um i can see that there and also you know pisces and neptune as we talked about like deception um that type of energy and with Mercury, maybe like someone you would view as like a sibling, someone close, that symbolism plays out. And in Robin's chart, you know, Mars on Mercury in the seventh and with the sun and Aries in the eighth, you know, like that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And I feel like uh, they have their Saturn and Uranus conjunct. So Mia's Saturn in Scorpio is conjunct Robin's Uranus in Scorpio. So in a weird way, it's kind of like, Robin's experiences are going to serve or help Mia learn some lessons, you know, with that Uranus and it's helped Robin become more who she is. Um, and it's interesting, right? Because you ultimately hear what happens to Gordon um, and her relationship. And so there's almost like a liberation sense or like a, her defining her boundary sense, her and Robin, sinistry wise. Yeah, even that seemed inauthentic to me. I don't know. I think I've, I like, I have some 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm too naive sometimes. I'm too naive. I'm like, my sad moon sometimes like will squash my pessimism, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm getting this vibe. I just am. Yeah. Like one of those things where it's like she she lied once, so it's like now I can't trust anything that comes out of your mouth. Mm. Um that's true. You have Mars in Cancer too, so like that's you know fool <laughs> me once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never again. <laughs> Seriously. Let me go ahead and just say, like, I'm okay with Potomac just being dropped. Like, let's just drop it from the roster. Well, no, don't say dropped. I wanted to come back, you know, better. I just don't loaded right now. Saved. I don't I can't think of one person who I really feel compelled that I need to keep up with. I just they need like a I agree, like maybe not pause, but a revamp. Cut some I'm, fat, maybe. I'm ready for out with the old, in with the new. Like make space for new better things potentially to come into your life that's where i am with potomac okay very yeah. south node libra north node and aries i love it <laughs> i love it also very neptune stationing direct like okay give me the give me better vision now i want new a new narrative yes i need a new narrative um and on that note, that's it for this week. But go ahead and subscribe, rate, review, share us with a friend. And if you're looking for more Bravo Astrology pop culture content, check out our Nelly Ashanti pregnancy announcement post as well. You might want to follow at the Cosmic Clubhouse on Instagram. We got you covered. Don't forget, we currently have our joint human design astrology reading offering at a special rate until December 13th. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and send us a DM. See you next week. Bye.